Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle, huddle, up, huddle, up, huddle up. on Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to the latest edition of the Giants huddle podcast. I'm Lance Meadow. We are continuing to break down the 2023 draft class. And today we're focusing on the team's third round pick, 73rd overall Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. And to get more into Hyatt, we are now joined by the new head coach of the South Florida Bulls, who spent the previous two seasons is Tennessee's offensive coordinator, none other than Alex Golish. Coach, greatly appreciate the time. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Moving a million miles an hour, and and uh, and I've been here for six months, and we're we're looking for the next Jalen Hyatt. So spent a lot of time doing that as well. Absolutely. Well, I really want to delve into greater detail on what Jalen Hyatt's going to bring the Giants. And let's start with you arrived at Tennessee in 2021. He already spent one season under the previous coaching staff. From the time you took over and began orchestrating the offense to now him joining the NFL pro ranks, how much growth, how much change in his game have you witnessed? I think probably as much as anybody I've ever been around. Um, I think when we got to when we got to Tennessee, Jalen had played some the year before. Um, was was raw would probably be an understatement, but. I think just very young uh, and young is, is a word that me and him have sat and talked about a long time. Uh, young as a football player, young emotionally, young in what it actually took to play at, at the SEC level, let alone in the National Football League. Um, and it was all about growing up for him. And, and by growing up, I mean in every aspect of his life. Um, how how I live right, how I do right, how how I work. Um, and and I think Jalen, it took that first year with him to to realize, man, like I, I got to do everything right for me to ever have a chance to be an elite receiver at this level. And that first year, he didn't have a lot of success. You know, he he was a deep ball guy for us. He got hurt early in the year um, and really backed up Bayless Jones, who Bayless ended up being a third round pick himself uh, with the Chicago Bears. And Bayless was an older guy that that we grew to really trust. And, and Jalen was a guy that you always knew had it in him, just couldn't put it all together because I don't know that he even knew what that meant, you know, and, and that's the coolest part about coaching college football is 
is you get a guy like that where you know he's talented. You probably even think he's more talented than he even thinks he is. And you keep pouring into him until he understands. So with that being said, as you just went through his journey, what clicked ultimately in 2022 this past season? Why was he able to take all the things that maybe you saw flashes in and put it all together? I think it's been it's been documented um, because I think his story is one that really should be told and probably better told by him than anybody else. But but we had many, many, many conversations throughout that first year where I don't know that it ever clicked. I think he was just young and enjoying college and trying to figure out who he was. Same thing. Lance, I think a lot of us go through from 18 to 19 and 20 years old. We're, we're trying to figure out who we are, what our identity is. And, you know, we, we sat down and talked in December before that bowl game of that, what would be 21. And he laid out what he wanted. And, and I laid out the fact that nothing you are talking about matches what your work is. Um, meaning he was never afraid to work. He just never really knew how or what to do. And we we sat down and talked about, man, like the only shot you have from a ball skill standpoint, from a route development standpoint, is to come in and and catch jugs every day and work the top of your routes every day. And I think as coaches, sometimes we say, man, every day, and guys take that for what it's worth. Like, man, coach wants me to be in here more. From that December whatever the date was until we played the very first game of the season a year ago and our offices there overlooked the indoor facility. Jalen Hyatt was there every day. And when I say every day, I mean, every day, there were weekends that we obviously as coaches are in there, you'd look out and there was Jalen Hyatt. And every day somebody was shooting him jugs. He was working top of the route with the quarterback. And it was fascinating because we got to spring ball and you saw a different Jalen Hyatt. And by different, I mean a confident Jalen Hyatt, one that would run through catches, one that was really confident at the top of his break points. Um, he also poured himself into the weight room. He was a hundred and gosh, 60 pounds. And I think in the back of his mind that first year was like, man, if I gain any weight, I'm going to lose my speed. He knew speed was his, was his, um, I guess it would be redeeming trait. And he combined the speed with believing that, man, gaining weight is going to help me be healthy. It's going to help me sustain sustain hits. It's going to actually help me get faster. I think for fast guys, a lot of the time, they don't believe that gaining weight will help them. And if you train the right way in the right system and the right program, it will. And, and so he gained weight. He got stronger. He perfected his craft every single day. So whatever we did, whether it was practice or morning workouts, OTAs, whatever it was, that night he was in there catching balls. And he sacrificed time away from doing what college kids normally do, sacrificed it and poured it into being elite at his craft. And it was fascinating because the very first play of our of our season a year ago went to him on a perimeter touch which normally will get you four to six yards and you keep it moving. And he made a guy miss, made another guy miss and scored. And 
Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. He got on the headset right after that and said, hey, and he really was talking to all the coaches, but hey, thanks for believing in me. And uh, that was one of those like touching moments, not to get too sappy with it, but where you're like, that's of a guy that realizes his potential and pours so much into it that the very first play of the season, this guy ends up in the end zone. And from there, it was just a magical run for him. Yeah, because to your point, I mean, that was an inkling of what was yet to come throughout the course of a very special and unique season. And what you were hitting on, clearly, if we use the baseball analogy, Coach, he's a home run hitter. You see the fact he led the FBS in receptions of 30-plus yards, 40-plus yards, 50-plus yards, and 60-plus yards. But I think what also stood out is the high percentage of connection. It's one thing to throw the ball deep. It's another thing to then constantly be there. What makes him so effective in terms of the efficiency of making those deep catches? Yeah, he he's figured out what what his secret sauce is. And his secret sauce is if I don't get touched, I can run by just about anybody. Um, I, I think that I'm invested in being really confident in his hands. Certainly the connection with the quarterbacks helped because he then spent time with them. Um, and they they made those throws and catches over and over and over and over. We call it time on task. Like their time on task with those vertical balls was so in deep and invested that it was easy for them. You know, you do something really, really hard over and over and over again until it becomes easy. And, and they made it easy for each other. His second level releases and, and his even his his first level releases was was the other thing that he had to perfect. He has still got to grow there, obviously, as any rookie would, but he has done a really, really good job of not allowing people to put their hands on him and being physical through contact to where I think in in the National Football League, where after five yards, nobody can touch you. That's that's what I've and I've talked to every GM I could imagine has called before leading up to the draft from GMs to assistant GMs to scouts to receiver coaches. And I, in my mind, I kept saying, and I don't know the NFL like you guys do. I, I've never coached in that league, but I do know they can't touch you after five. So, man, like, like yep. that guy's going to be an even better NFL receiver because if you guys can help get him off the line, he'll be able to go get open against anybody in that league. And that's a product of the speed that you were just mentioning. As a follow up to that, as you were finding ways to maximize his talent and clearly tap into his speed. What did you notice changed on the defensive side of the ball? What I mean is, were they less likely to put a guy in the box, how they lined up the safety, and how that may apply to how defenses are thinking about trying to contain the Giants with now Jalen Hyatt on the field? I saw as, as, he, as he started to be more and more productive, and we played Alabama early in the year, and he obviously had uh, – had an incredible game, probably as as great of a game as anybody has ever had inside Neyland Stadium as, as far as a receiver goes. I think you started to see people slow down how fast they bring safeties into the box. You started to see a lot more bracket coverage on third down on him and, and people really taking him being able to take two guys away and honestly gave us in normal downs a lot more in the run game because you were going to be lighter in the box if you've got a you've got to put two bodies on a slot receiver. 
Um, it, it gave us the ability to move them around and bring them outside and, and attract even more attention out there and allowed our outside receivers to get, get single coverage on the inside, which was a huge benefit for us. Um, but you've, you've gotta, you've gotta find a way to make sure that he can, you can help him help whoever's guarding him over top and which only obviously gets other people open and or opens up the run game in terms of a, of a light box. You brought up the Alabama game where he had five touchdowns at a career high receiving yard mark in terms of over 200 giants. GM Joe Shane spoke to the media shortly after the draft and mentioned that was the game he was at in person and he arrived late. So he got to watch the majority of the first half on the sideline. And clearly when you see the speed up close and personal, it, completely changes your mindset of the player. You just talked about earlier in the season, game one, you noticed something that could really make that year special. But what was it about that Alabama performance that maybe took his game in the eyes of NFL scouts and people outside of Tennessee to a whole other level? I think it was it was the fact that he went into that game really confident. He earned the right to be confident because of how he worked. and. I think on a very national stage that night, he showed everybody in the country what he was capable of doing, hence helping us win, which I think probably made it even more magical in a lot of different ways. I don't know, you know, again, I've never been in that league, so I don't know if somebody specifically said, man, like he is now on our radar where he wasn't. I think there's so much more that goes into it at that level. But I think on a national stage, it be he became a household name that night because it was Alabama because Alabama defensively has always played elite defense under coach Saban. And, and here was this guy that not many people knew of that, that had 200 plus yards receiving and five touchdowns on one of the better defenses in the entire country. I think it just for, I, I don't know what it did for the NFL. I think for a national story, it gave, gave people insight into what Jalen was and who he was. And certainly probably didn't hurt when you guys drafted him in terms of creating some excitement in New York City. We're talking with Alex Golish, head coach of South Florida. He served as the Tennessee offensive coordinator for two seasons when Jalen Hyatt played there. You were alluding to his development as a route runner. And coach, since the Giants drafted him, a lot has been made of where his ceiling is with perhaps two running routes. 89% of his snaps were in the slot, which is, I'm sure, a product of what you ran from an offensive standpoint. Where can he go in terms of being more than just the guy that lines up in the slot and can take the top off the ball? I think that was that was like the the sexy question of leading up to draft, you know, like, man, is it the offense? Is it is it the product of the offense? Is it is it what you guys do in the tempo? And and man, I, I think you can either play at receiver or you can't. I think when that question comes up, it's it's because people don't understand what we do. And that's exactly how we want it. I think when people don't understand what's going on, they they tend to create reasons why it should work or shouldn't work. Or um, he's a high level receiver. He, he can run any route. He can catch any ball. Um, obviously he's young. He's got to develop just like any receiver out of any offense. And it's, it's the New York Giants job to coach him to do that. Um, it's not, it's not his fault. He was open vertically. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, man, a lot of people say it's the scheme. 
man, I've never seen a scheme get somebody to get open on a on a defensive back. Um, the scheme maybe allows allows a formational matchup that you like, but the guy's still got to do the job of getting open. So um, I, I think his he he's a he's as complete of a receiver as a three year guy can be. Uh, I think it's on that coaching staff and and offensively with with the staff you guys have as much as I've watched do an incredible job of getting guys open in space and and creating matchups. I think he's going to do whatever that coaching staff asks him to do, and hopefully from a fan standpoint, getting vertical over top of people is one of those things. Well, the old story is you can't teach speed, so you can just hope to capitalize on that. And you and your coaching staff certainly did that. With respect to his personality, you were talking about earlier his work ethic. How much, though, do you think when he hears people question him maybe not necessarily being a complete route runner, that that's going to give him a bit of a chip on his shoulder to quiet the skeptics and go out and prove that there's so much more to his game, specifically this season? I think the what we talked about earlier, the the fact that that he spent most of most of our first year sitting there on the sideline watching watching guys play in front of him and and learning what he learned, which was I got to work harder than everybody else and I've got to continuously perf- work to perfect my craft. I think what an incredible life lesson he learned that that hard work actually pays off. And so I I think you're going to continue to see that that he's going to continue to daily work to perfect his craft. And you're going to continue to see a guy that's just going to grow and continue, hopefully knock on wood, stay healthy, that will just continue to grow and and develop into the best version of himself. And and for the times I imagine you get drafted off of the best version of yourself, I think you're just going to continue to see a guy that's going to get better and better and better. And as as the quarterbacks trust him, as the coaches trust him and give him the confidence that, hey, we believe in you, too. He's only going to blossom in every imaginable place you could put him. Another aspect of his development that you were hitting on earlier was him coming to the realization, hey, I want to put on more weight so that I could be a little bit more physical with defensive backs at the line of scrimmage. The other aspect of being a wide receiver coach, as you can attest to, is to aid in blocking, to get the running backs out in open space and maybe make some more movement down the field. What have you seen out of that aspect of the game and what you may have asked him to do within your offense? Yeah, I, I think inherently Jalen's always been a really, really tough kid. Blocking on the perimeter is all about the willingness to do it. Um, I've never, never questioned his toughness or or willingness to scrap it up in there. Um, obviously, the extra weight's helped. He's going to continue to get stronger and his body's going to continue to develop. But he'll he'll have no problem. We asked him. He's been in the box digging out linebackers and safeties in some short yardage situations. He's never backed down from that. Um, I don't think to to go scrap it up with guys. He actually, I, I think in a lot of messed up ways, he actually enjoyed it. Well, speaking of scrapping it up with guys, before I let you go, Jalen Hyatt's not your only connection to the Giants roster. You go way back with Jihad Ward, a key element on defense based on your days when you were coaching at Illinois. I'm curious what your experience was like with Jihad Ward at the younger phase of his development and what you may have saw from a leadership component, because he really has established himself as one of the vocal guys in and out of the locker room. 
Jihad's got uh, Jihad's got a fascinating story. Uh, you know, he young man out of Philly that went to Globe Juco, doesn't even exist anymore, um, right there in the middle of New York City. And those guys, those guys lived an hour train ride away um, and and used to practice over across the river in New Jersey and used to take the train to practice like you talk about a guy that for two years did the junior college thing at a place that wasn't easy to do the junior college thing. I mean, like, like no facility, no, nowhere to practice, no weight room. And man, those guys fended for themselves in a lot of ways. That's, that's who he is. He, he took a lot of pride in coming from that. He never a guy that backed down from that's where he came from. That's what it took him to get there. Um, you know, he came to Illinois and that leadership you saw right away, he was going to outwork everybody. He had a chip on his shoulder. Um, and he instantly a leader when he got there because he's a guy that didn't talk a lot, but when he talked, you, everybody listened because they respected the way he worked, certainly respected his game. Uh, and then as he played more and more and became a starter, uh, that leadership only exuded throughout the entire program, because again, he would only talk when, when he had something to say and, and you saw the personality come out. Uh, as he got more confident and, and knew that he could play and contribute. Um, really enjoyed the time I, I spent with helping recruit him and, and certainly the time we were together at Illinois. He was certainly a dominant player at the time, but also a dominant personality. And I see it on Instagram now. I see it on social media. He's Mr. Personality. He's always been that way. A fun, loving, uh, really, really awesome human being that cares about people, cares about his teammates. That's 100% evident what you're talking about with respect to the Giants across the entire roster, specifically, though, within Wink Martindale's defense. He is Alex Golish, the head coach of the South Florida Bulls. After serving as Tennessee's offensive coordinator for the last two seasons, where Jalen Hyatt had a breakout campaign in 2022, and probably the most important aspect on his resume, he's a Brooklyn, New York native. So how about that, Giants fans? Coach, can't thank you enough. This was a blast. Very much enjoyed the conversation. Best of luck to you in terms of starting up things with your new program, and very much look forward to talking down the road. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Go Giants. That is Alex Golish. As you can listen to the Giants Huddle podcast on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platform. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.